Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Welcome in on a Friday morning. Uh, the weekend is here, people. Gear up. There'll be some screwing around, no doubt about that, over the course of this show. Uh, there was actually some screwing around yesterday. PK got off on... Um, he got off on a tangent and started referring to himself as uh, OB, Olive Branch, Kinahan, and uh, not OB for Ocean Beach. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Sorry. You can take the guy out of San Diego, but you can't take San Diego out of the guy. Uh, you got you got Ocean Beach. All you golfers are hitting us up with out of bounds, but it's Olive Branch, Kinahan. And, but all the uh, golf humor and all the OB. And then uh, if you were following the golf, um, they're in Carolina now. Second week of the PGA Tour after the opening week in Texas. Uh, Jordan Spieth hits a tree on 12, which was actually his third hole because he started on the back nine. And it went out of bounds for a triple bogey. Caromed off the tree like 25 yards or something like that. So he's out of bounds. He's got to take a penalty. And he ends up making triple bogey. And that, of course, set the stage for a 29 on the front nine, which was his back nine. He birdied six holes in a row. He ends up shooting a 66. Uh, so, you know, there's a, there's a big crunch. A lot of guys went low. A lot, a lot of birdies out there, 64, 65, 66. We'll, we'll see who can back up that good number today, and then we'll start getting serious on Saturday with moving day. Uh, it's a good field. It's uh, 113 guys in the field have won on the PGA Tour. <laughs> that is a lot of winners. But what's happened with the uh, coronavirus is that – the normal rhythm to the year, where Bob Casper was talking to us about this last week from Real Golf Radio when he's on, the normal rhythm uh, after the playoffs, the Tour Championship, and then either the Ryder or the President's Cup, uh, a lot of guys shut it down until the first of the year. And then depending on where you live and how you feel about the Western swing and are you European or in the U.S. or whatever, um, some guys will play early. You know, they'll go out to uh, Maui uh, right after the first of the year for the old Tournament of Champions. And... And some guys will do the West Coast swing, right? They want to play Pebble Beach or San Diego or Phoenix. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, maybe go to Riviera. But other guys kind of sit that out. And then you pick up the rhythm and guys start playing. So what happens is you get the points for the playoffs. And some guys who don't have as big a names, don't have as big a reps, haven't been as successful in the last year or three or five or whatever, uh, they really get out there. Well, what happens is... These other guys start to come back to play either the first of the year and do the Hawaii and the Western Swing, or they wait for that to end and really when the tournament the tournament the tour goes to uh, goes to Florida in March, then a lot of guys everyone's pretty much geared up then. But the thing shut down, so some guys were maybe two months into their schedule, so you know they played maybe I don't know four or five tournaments or something like that. Other guys were barely getting going, you know, just whatever they'd done in Florida, and the thing shuts down. So then you sit for three months. Well, if you're going to make the playoffs coming up here in August, like you gotta, you gotta go right now. They they messed with the schedule, so it's not as pure. But the the point is, it's June, it's July, it's go time. You got to pile up the points. You got to pile up the money. You got to go. You got to go, 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 go. So we're going to see a lot of guys who've got great resumes playing week after week after week. I mean, the stat for Colonial was 16 of the top 20 were there. This week, the stat is. 113 PGA Tour winners are there. So it's a good field. And Spieth recovered from that triple bogey. That was pretty uh, pretty cool to have that bad a start and then rally like that on your second nine. That was... Um that was, that was pretty solid work by him. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, coming up, 
Joe Ingalls, uh, his weekly visit, and Craig Bullerjack. Buller, who I learned hours after having on air, this week was his 15th anniversary with the club. Do you realize Bowler has been doing jazz games for 15 years? Man. We had him on late in yesterday's show. We'll replay that interview uh, coming up here in a few minutes. But dang it. Now i got to remember that fact for another week, right? Will I be able to do it? Will I be able to hold on to that detail? Well, it's, it's 50-50. Let's be honest. It is 50-50. All right. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up, check in with Joe Ingles. Uh, get his take on uh, everything that's going on. And, uh, you know, he had a teammate, Ed Davis, uh, do a really good interview with Hoops Hype. We talked about it earlier in the week. And Joe's take on it is pretty interesting. Uh, you know, obviously Ed's new to the team, so Joe has a chance to travel with him over the first, what they play, like three quarters of a season or so, you know, to get to know him. For a lot of us, you know, the occasional interview, but he hasn't been playing a lot since the first kind of quarter of the season, roughly. Um, so not a guy we know as well, but uh, really good interview. And um, we've talked about it. I've tweeted it out. It's in my timeline if you want to look at it. And Joe read it and has some thoughts on it. And... Uh, yeah, and obviously he knows Ed uh, yeah, better than we do. Um, but it was really interesting. Ed kind of laid out what everybody's thinking on these calls, and he kind of laid out some of the different perspectives and then which one he really embraced, which one he thought really resonated in the way he thought they ought to go. And it was a wide-ranging, in-depth interview with Ed Davis. Hit a lot of good points. Joel will talk about that coming up. Stay with us. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right. Time for our weekly visit with Joe Ingles. We know uh, we're never going to get him on in the 6 a.m. hour. Although, amazingly, yesterday we got him on at 7.30. So, some of you may have actually heard it, but I know a lot of you are in at work already at 7 and already got the nose to the grindstone. So, here's our weekly visit with Joe Ingles heading into his workout on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic... And certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Bam. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe. To the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. <laughs> With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Time to bring in Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Joe, I'm curious that, you know, we had you, you on, I am. When we had you on a few weeks ago, you were saying, you know, it, it kind of feels like the offseason. We have been, is, everything's been stopped for so long. And I'm curious, you've been going to the arena, or not to the arena, you've been going to the, uh, the, the practice facility, you've been doing, you know, work with one coach, 
And that, that's still not really your normal routine. I mean, you're, it's your normal drive-in, I guess, and you're on the same court, but it, it's not all the guys. At what point do you feel like you're back to normal? I mean, do you have to be in a film session with Quinn telling you you did something wrong in a defensive rotation? Will a five-on-five practice be enough? Even two-on-two two and three-on-three? Three? When will you feel like, yep, I'm back? <laughs> well, I've had a few clips on today anyway that he's obviously watched over the uh, thing, so I've had a few of those. Um, you've made the wrong decision here anyway. <laughs> Um, so that's been pretty normal, I guess. Uh, no, I think, I mean, it's hard because even, like you said, like now we go in and we get one, one coach or whatever so we can keep the distance and, and whatever the exact rules are. Um, so it's still, I mean, more or less, that's what a lot of guys, I think, would would, would be doing in the off-season. You'd have one, maybe two people rebounding um, for you and you kind of get your work in and, and then have the rest of the, the day to, to kind of do whatever you whatever you please. So, um, it, I mean, it, I guess it feels more real in terms of the fact that we're the more talk that happens. Um, I guess the, the closer it sounds like it's coming back. I mean, it's still you guys might know probably more than me. I don't think we've actually there's not been an official day. Like I think the WNBA came around and they, they're like they're playing like they're playing on this day with the 22-game or whatever season. Um, I don't think we've actually really, like, set an actual day. So, um, I mean, until we get told we're leaving on this day and we're first games here, it's it's still um, it's kind of hard. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely getting more of a feeling that we're, we're starting to get back. Like you, like you said, driving in the facility every morning and, and stuff like that. It's a bit more kind of normal to what our routines are. Um, but like I said, it's still weird with one one rebounder and only one guy on each court and, and stuff like that. So hopefully sooner or later we'll get to get kind of get the, the group back together. But uh, I'm not in. Like I said, I'm not in those phone calls. So when it comes to past that you're finally out there in a few weeks, do you think it'll feel more like the extension of the 1920 season or almost like a preseason tournament to the 2021 season? Yeah, probably, probably a bit of both. Um, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's so hard to, to, I mean, explain what it's felt for whatever, coming up three months or whatever. Um, it's, it's been a really weird situation just um, – not knowing at all of the start and, and obviously like I've stated pretty clearly not feeling like you wanted to even play basketball at all and then um, things kind of slow down a little bit and, and the cases go down and you think it's all positive obviously there's been a bit of a spike now so it's interesting to see if that is going to affect anything with us um, but yeah I just don't this, this whole kind of time from March 11 or whatever it was has, has been a really bizarre time I think everyone's learning and, and listening and, and trying to figure it out on the fly because we obviously haven't gone through something like this. Um, so it's, uh, it's an interesting time. So I'm curious the reaction, you, your teammates, your friends around the league as you, as you talk to them. Um, and, and I know you, you don't like to speak for other guys individually, but maybe you can just give us a sense of kind of where most of the group is or two-thirds of the group is, something like that. Because we hear... Um, you know, the quotes from Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard, and they've got their reasons for thinking, well, maybe he shouldn't play. But then Patrick Beverly comes out with what I thought was uh, one of the top tweets of the year, 
if LeBron is hooping, we're all hooping. That was, I thought, spot on. Yeah, Most guys um, feel like you're playing no matter what. Maybe there's stuff to iron out, or a guy's thinking, wow, maybe I better have a plan B because maybe we aren't playing. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, and I don't know how much publicity it got. Um, I saw it, obviously, because he's my teammate, but, but what Ed, Ed Davis said, um, I think it was a few days ago now, um, with a few of those guys, it's really easy when you've made X amount of money and blah, blah, to say you're going to sit out. Um, but, but it's also not directly affecting just us. Like, we could all, or a majority of the NBA players could retire today and probably live a, a reasonably nice life for the rest of their lives. There's a lot of people that um, this affects that aren't directly... I don't see them on a day-to-day. They might work in the offices and go, we, we've obviously fired and furloughed or whatever um, a lot of employees and um, the, the cleaning staff that cleans the arena after there's a lot of things that, 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 that go a lot deeper and further than just, just us playing um, like with our own thinking about ourselves um, I mean do I think we'll play I think yeah I think we're going to play um, do I think people are going to sit out I, I absolutely think there'll be some players that, that don't play or that sit out um, do, like in terms of our teams, like we've we've had a lot of talks about it. Um, no one's directly said like, no, I'm not playing. Um, I've obviously stated what I had said at the start. Oh, I feel um, that if we did go back to play, the NBA would would kind of do everything as as right as possible, apart from playing doubles in ping pong or whatever we're not <laughs> whatever we're not allowed to do. They got uh, they got posted, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of guys... Uh, I do think it's split. I think there's guys that want to play, and I think there's guys that um, aren't sure if they should be playing or not. Um, so, yeah, we just have to, to see how it's going over the do you think about when you're down there in Orlando, when you're not playing or practicing, what you'll be doing? Does that concern you? Say that again? Do you think about when you're down there in Orlando, when the time comes, and you're not involved in a team activity you'll have free time but yet you'll be 3,000 miles away from home you won't be able to go there might be some boredom does that concern you at all yeah I mean it's um it's again it's something that we haven't had to to really deal with like I've I've done it an Olympic games where you're in a a smaller room and you're on a campus and it's probably as kind of close as what this situation is going to be you can probably get to so I think a lot of international guys that have been or all the Americans that have, have been to an Olympic Games understand that kind of concept but obviously it's on a, it's on a bit of a different level because of the restrictions we're not I mean there's there's I think Woj and Zach Lowe and a couple of guys are kind of tweeting what, what were the rules and regulations and um they're very different to what they were at the Olympics. We could kind of be free to do whatever we wanted to do at the Olympics, minus um, some really silly stuff. So um, I think it's going to be really, it's going to be really different. There's, we're obviously going to be in a in a in a campus or hub or whatever it's called, and be allowed to see people. But obviously, there's you want to stay away. You're obviously hoping that every other player is, is doing the right thing. Um, not only for themselves, but for their teammates and for everyone else that's in, in that hub because we're all going to be pretty close to each other within however many, there's only three or four hotels. I mean, there's 22 teams. There's going to be a few a few teams at each hotel. So, um, 
yeah, it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be. It's going to be really bizarre. But uh, I think, like I said, I think we're going to play, and um, uh, I think the NBA will, along with Chris and those guys that are um, kind of on those more important calls than, than what I'm on, um, will iron out as much as they can and, and make it as safe as possible. And um, I, I think a lot of fans, media, a lot of people want to see us play. Um, so, uh, like I said, I think we'll, we'll play. It's just probably ironing out a few little things here and there. So for fans, you know, they see you guys play and, you know, maybe they hear, you know, a, a few post-game quotes or shoot around or whatever. And uh, Ed's new and he hasn't been playing a lot. So I think a lot of fans don't know him. But for fans who read that Hoops Hype piece, and during the break I'll put it up on my Twitter feed if you want to go read it, he addresses yeah. a lot of points. And he addresses both sides of several points and then explains why he thinks what he thinks, even though he knows what other people is. Is that just how he is? Or was that to some teammates, maybe a little bit of a revelation or a side of him you don't see all the time? Or is that just who he is every day? And we don't know because he's brand new to Utah. <laughs> no, I mean, he is, um, he is quieter in general. Uh, I think uh, you guys at all know and, and probably see that we, we as in me and uh, and George, we we get a bit more because we sit with him on the plane. So we we sit there and we play cards and we we talk about a lot of things. It's um it's probably the, the one of the, the most fun things about for me sitting on the plane at the table and yeah we play cards and like goof around a lot. But we've had some like some really well I've had some awesome conversations over six years of sitting there with with Joe Johnson with, with Gordon with. With Ed, with George Hill, there's, there's been a um, an awesome group of guys that have always kind of sat around the table. And, um, we've had some really some really awesome conversations. I've I've tasted with Ed this whole whatever we've whatever it's called shut down thing um, about different points and all that. And that's yeah, I mean that team is is extremely intelligent. He he fully understands the business side of the NBA and, and obviously like you said in that um, the article he understands both sides and he understands why people don't want to play he understands why, why we need to play um, um, but that's it he, he, like I said he's extremely smart he, he's all over um, a lot of the NBA rules and regulations and, and stuff like that and, and same in, in kind of general life so um, yeah he's been someone that probably when I first Met him and um, kind of had him around our team, obviously for a little while. I didn't didn't know I didn't know him at all personally, but getting to know him, um, that's that's just who he is. Obviously, this country is going through a lot of unrest right now. You are in this country, uh, but you're not an American. How much do you follow it? Yeah, I mean, you, I don't want it to sound like wrong, but you have to. You don't have a, a choice. You. Um, Especially, like you said, being, I guess it's a bit different for me being from Australia um, and probably not knowing um, as much of the, the history of uh, American history as um, what I do kind of today and, and what I want to keep kind of learning going forward. Um, and it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's one of those things for me, like I said, that you. you you're learning and listening because there's, there's a lot of stuff that, that I didn't know and. and Obviously, whatever I've been here six years now, I've had a lot of teammates, and like I said, like these, these playing cards on the thing. Like you, you talk about everything, and we've we've talked about a lot of stuff over the time. And um, I think for me, it's 
um, a lot more listening and understanding, and, and I've had had a lot of kind of phone calls or texts with with teammates, um, present teammates that I've, I've played with now and guys in the past, and um, Paddy Mills from Australia, who, who we've had we've got our own history in Australia. But, um, yeah, it's something that obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna obviously fully support support my teammates and and. Um, uh, I think I was. I think it was Kyle, Kyle Corver said the other day. Like you, we we have to listen. We have to understand, and uh, or try and understand as best as we can. Um, and like he said, like I'm going to stand with with my teammates, um, like he is with his, and, and with the league and, and, and everyone else. So, um, it's like again, like the, the virus, it's something that I've I've had to learn about, um, kind of on the fly. Um, you. You do bits and pieces of research, and then you talk to guys. Uh, we've had conversations in our in our film room over time um, of different issues and stuff, and guys speak out. And it's, for me, like I said, being an Australian, living in this country, um, it's eye opening, and I and I want to keep listening and learning. And um, yeah, it's what I'm going to continue to do because it's something that's very needed. So, how much? I mean, the specific events that you learn here. You know they're going to be different, but how much do you see similar themes with what you know of Australian history? Because I didn't know much about Australian history, but my TV station had me down in Australia at the start, just at the start of the Olympics, and I think her name's Kathy Freeman, right? The woman who yep. um, who lit the torch, and uh, we were there was a huge outdoor party at Circular Quay right on the water in Sydney, and they had these big TV screens up, and there were tons of people everywhere. And a lot of them were like really emotionally moved. And later on, I read stuff. And so I get some of the backstory. I mean, I knew a little bit of it, but there was a lot of stuff I didn't know. And so I just wonder how much these themes are universal, even though the names and some of the specific dates are different. The themes are universal. Yeah, um, uh, I think there's definitely similarities. Um, in a lot of things, I don't think. I think every country and, and individuals and, and whatever um, experience different things. Um, I was listening to again, kind of referring to, to Pal. I was listening to Paddy Miller's podcast. Um, he did one with an Australian, uh, a pretty well known. I just just listening to that, and, and I've known Paddy for fifteen, seventeen years or something, and, and I'm listening to it and like, and still learning things that. That I should know, really, as an as an Australian, like I said, America is a bit different. Not not coming from here, and, um, probably not fully understanding. And especially the first couple of years, like as as bad as it sounds, like you're so locked into like my job and my career, and I'm trying to make it in, in the NBA. And um, it takes uh, an unfortunate thing, but it takes this for, for a lot of people to sit down and listen and learn. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I was. I obviously know a bit more about the Australian history, but even sitting there, um, like I said, listening to Paddy's podcast, it's um, it's eye-opening stuff, and I, and I think it's something that, like I said before, we all need to, to listen and learn and, and try and understand um, where a lot of these guys are coming from um, to, to kind of put yourself in, in that position where um, it's it's tough. It's Like you've seen a lot of people, it's a lot of difficult conversations, uncomfortable conversations, but... Um, it's obviously something that's, that's really needed right now. 
Joe, you said when you go into the gym, there's only one rebounder. Let me correct you. He's not rebounding, Joe. He's just standing under the hoop, taking it out of the basket when it falls through the net. Pretty, pretty much. Maybe not the first few sessions, but, but now he is. It's, uh, <laughs> it is funny. Obviously, yeah, you, I mean, you've got one, one guy there, so it's, it's a little bit difficult or whatever sometimes. You, you can't fully... Um, kind of do everything you want to do because like you guys have seen we come in we, we've at least got kind of two coaches at every basket every basket so there's a rebound or a pass or it, it flows flows pretty well um, but if you have a, a bad miss and it goes all the way out to the other quarter it takes a few minutes to, uh, to get it back and start again but um, I mean it is what it is at this time we've obviously got to follow the rules and um, be like every other team we've, we've got to do the right thing and, and keep ourselves as safe, obviously, as possible, and, and the coaches that are with us and the, the people that are in the, the stadium. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's bizarre at times, but it is what it is. You've, you've got to follow the rules. I always assumed you were one of those pure shooters who could just stand at the free throw line, and the rotation was so spectacular that you swish it, and then it just spins right back to you. I mean, I'm surprised you even need one rebounder, Joe. Have you seen how, like, cocked out my elbow is yeah. and my follow through changes every time and sometimes my feet are close together sometimes they're wide apart I'm uh, a little little unorthodox mine <laughs> as long as it goes in that's well Kyle like Kyle Corbett can go and do like a shooting clinic this is just like perfection um, I don't think too many people are going to look at me and be like yeah yeah I want to shoot like Joe like <laughs> that's not happening maybe Maybe percentage-wise or something like that, but not uh, not by form. All right, Joe. I know you got to run. You got to get in and get your workout going. We're probably gonna need to let you go here. But uh, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. No worries at all. Thanks. There's our weekly visit with Joe Ingles. When we come back, the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bolderjack. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. All right, it's time to uh, hear our conversation with Craig Bowlerjack. Now, right before Bowler came on, PK was talking about extending an olive branch, you know, reaching out to somebody else. PK with the OB. Well, that got Bowler's attention. Bowler, good morning. Hey, DJ. OB, how are you? Good. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> You're an olive branch kind of guy, honestly. I mean, I can see it. Well, the the way I looked at it is I offended so much and needed forgiveness (laughs) that I, of all people, had to forgive because I was constantly needing forgiveness. Yep. See, you have that self-awareness, but that's really everybody. And it's good that you have that self-awareness, but really, who would listen to that and think, oh, yeah, not me. Stop it. I'll just go ahead and raise my hand right now. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, I guess I can. <laughs> you can probably everybody, put your hand up there. Everybody Bowler. raise their hand, man, but keep a hand on the wheel, right? Right, right absolutely. 
OB. I like it. <laughs> so, uh, Bowler, yes. expectations for the Jazz. We're starting to see power rankings come out, and they all spin it a little different. You know, who's been hurt most by injuries? Or right. just a straight-up power rank. Who are the best teams now? What are you expecting out of the Jazz coming back? This is a team that did start fast at the start of the season this year. A lot of Quinn Snyder's teams have not, but this one did. So is that a sign that they could start fast again here? Because obviously the eight regular season games into the playoffs, you know, you don't have two months to get it going. You're going to have a couple weeks of regular season, and after a week of playoffs, you could be done. So, I'm not, I'm not a real believer in these rankings that everybody keeps you know, throwing out. You know, 12, now you hear 22. Come on. I mean, come on. There are so many variables what is, is facing each and every team. And I heard you guys talking about before I came on. There's our there are teams that are you know John Wall, yes, PK, you're right, and and uh, Lamarcus Aldridge with San Antonio. I, I I don't buy the fact that Jazz are the 22nd best team that's going to be in Orlando. I mean, it's dead last. I don't I don't buy it uh, because again, I, I still want to see how teams uh, how quick they they have to hit the floor quick, right? Uh, and also, everyone has to be bought in. And also, the mental part of this entire Orlando experiment, as I've always believed, is going to be one of high mental stress. And so, who, what team, what, what, what combination of players are going to be able to survive that, guys? For if you're the last two teams standing, what is it, 70 days in the so-called bubble? I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of time. And I know they're going to try to bring family in just before, what, the Eastern or Western Conference Finals. But, man, that's a long haul. So I think the variables that are facing each and every team are going to play out differently, differently for every team. Even though the Jazz have lost Bogdanovich to the, to the surgery on his wrist, I mean, you know, you talked to Joe earlier. Ingles plays a big factor here. Um, Obviously, Jordan Clarkson plays a big factor here. And then the other one I have to go to is Mike Conley because you referenced the Jazz and the start, and he is going to be a major factor in coming back and hopefully understanding the system and playing with Donovan Mitchell and what those roles are because there's multiple ball handlers. And Mike Conley, as we know, was used to being the main guy in Memphis, but you know he he knows that other players are going to bring the ball into the front court. So, I mean, look, look what we just talked about. There's a lot of things that are going on, and I just think the team that's going to put it all together and get it together mentally as well is going to have a have a good opportunity down in Orlando. Yeah, I agree on those three players that you listed, Conley, Ingles, and Clarkson. I would also throw Niang in there because if I'm Niang, I'm salivating at this opportunity because this injury now, it's been known about for weeks. So it's not like during the season you're going with one lineup and this is your rotation and all of a sudden somebody's out and you have to adjust on the fly. They're not adjusting on the fly here because they know full well and they've known for weeks. So the first time right now is they're having the individual workouts Yang knows I've got a golden opportunity here and I'm barely just getting started in my career and so if I go out particularly in a situation in Orlando where there's going to be a heightened attention span on the NBA because of the circumstances we've heard that ratings are expected to be through the roof so people are going to be watching the league and its executives are going to be watching so Niang has an opportunity here to make himself some more money establish himself as far as his place in the league because they know full well that you're 
going to be needed. And when the team gathers in practice, they already know Bogdanovich is out. It's not something that's happening overnight. It's something that's already cemented and going to be that way. So there's a bunch of guys. You know, you look at Joe and, and Conley, and even Clarkson to an extent, not as much as, as Ingles and Conley. Those guys are established in the league now. They've been in the league for a number of years. Clarkson's in an impending free agent, still has an opportunity to make himself some big-time money. So you look at Clarkson and Yang, what a golden opportunity they have to show what they can do with Bogdanovich not there. What did Jerry Sloan always say, PK and mm-hmm. DJ? There's mm-hmm. always the 29 <laughs> other teams that are you're auditioning for. A lot of players should take this as that opportunity if you're right about the eyeballs being on the back on the NBA. So, George, I mean, you, we all know George, uh, the minivan. The, he, he's a, is a fun guy, but also a passionate guy who knows, as you just said, this is a great opportunity. And the Jazz gave that to him prior to, to the COVID-19 virus shutdown, remember. They made decisions to go after Jeff Green was released to say, hey, George, you know what, pal, go. And he should have some confidence, too, PK, in that regard, that before all this went down, and even before, as you said, the injury uh, to Bogey, is that he has an opportunity to make him to solidify himself even more so in this jazz rotation. Craig Bolojack joining us here, DJ and PK. Is there anybody else who's uh, been a little buried you think hey, might have a chance to break out? Uh, maybe because guys can't play big minutes, maybe because Bogdanovich is gone. Is there a chance for somebody else to uh, make a splash here? Well, the first name that comes to mind, when he's gotten minutes, I've been intrigued because of his ability to change the pace of a game and playing with Jordan Clarkson, and that's Emmanuel Moutier, who no one's even really spoke about. So maybe he plays some minutes. Um, You know, he's more mid-range, but also he has the ability, as we've watched him drive and finish at the rim, and he's a strong player at 6'3", so... I'm just throwing that in the basket. I've always kind of felt like, you know, the Jazz brought him in to try to help develop his game, and at times you've seen it. Uh, He may be also another player with the time off, has looked back at film, talked to coaches, and maybe understands his role even more. So I would throw him in in that group a little bit as well with the second unit. What do you think of some of this stuff that's been out there as far as, well, we can't play because of social cause and Kyrie Irving, I don't know if it's true or not, but floating the idea of forming their own league? Is, is that just a bunch of people up in the night? Yeah, PK, look, man, ask the NFL, those in the XFL who tried to over, well, compete. I don't think they ever thought they could over overwhelm or take over the, what the NFL's popularity is, but I hope Kyrie understands what it takes to build a league and the length of time and the ownership groups and, most importantly, television revenue and the contracts that go with that, uh, advertisers who believe. Um, I don't believe that's a possibility. Um, I really don't. I mean, the, the players – look, fans expect the highest of level of talent and the G League is there for a reason to help develop that and you've got the most talented players on the 30 teams that can possibly in fact some believe the talent sometimes is watered down with 30 it'd be better with 22 uh, 26 teams instead of 30 and that's why you don't hear that much talk about expansion 
So, no, I, I, I think that's kind of a shot in the dark, to be honest, or just a, a conver- you know, just a statement made without really taking it really too far in, in, the, in the thinking process. But, uh, you know, I know the players want to make sure the momentum of what is going on in our country is not diluted by them returning, and I think you can look at it two ways. Maybe one way. I mean, I understand, you know, that the the message has to continue and the progress has to be made. Can they make that statement even better on the stage that has been given them uh, on national television worldwide, by the way? And I, I don't know how they want to go about doing that, but I think the league is behind that that message 100%. So, you know, again, uh, who wants to step forward and make the message even stronger, and how can they do it? And I think that's something that has to be formulated by the players themselves. Yeah, I'm with you, Bowler. You know, there was an era when you could start up a league, and those people lost a lot of money and had a lot of passion. But we saw it in football. We saw it in basketball. We saw it in hockey. We didn't see it in baseball, though. Uh, but but now to think you could compete with the with the head start the NFL and Major League Baseball and the NBA have how would that that you would need pockets so deep that 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 just couldn't happen so as you uh, as you watch this going forward now um, you know we talked about the Jazz and you expect expectations out of them are there. Do you expect most of the teams to come back and basically be who they were, or are there a couple teams you're looking at like this team could take a hit and this team maybe could could be better? Well, you know what? When they make that announcement uh, on the 24th next week on players who have decided not to play and they alert their teams, then we can kind of really see who's going to be impacted the most. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what you two think. Uh, I don't know if when it comes down to the – uh, to the uh, to the 11th hour, what they call it, you know, that your decision, tell me what you want, what are you going to do? You can talk all you want, but you can also say, look, I'm going to play. Paycheck speak pretty loudly. But some of, some players uh, at a highest level don't need the money in a, in a lot of ways. Those eight checks or those eight games, uh, maybe they feel like the statement they make is, is more important than the money they would bring in. So it makes us to see – uh, who, if any, decide not to participate, and then you can kind of, you know, determine who impacts what team. But I still go on the fact that, you know, you can talk about LeBron and what he's been through and the championships and Antetokounmpo and the hunger he has and Kawhi, the kind of the quiet assassin and the championship he won in Toronto and why he went to L.A. for the Clippers. I mean, all those storylines are going to come into play, but. I still think there's a team, PK, DJ, that is going to sneak in, pull some upsets, and be a factor. Could it be the Jazz? I don't know. But, you know, I know Jazz fans would love that to be the case. But I think there's a couple of teams like Denver, uh, maybe even Portland, just because of the backcourt and, and the health that is returned to the Blazers. I mean, Damian Lillard's a competitor. McCollum, those guys are tough. I mean, if they're focused more than the – the, the, the team's expected to win, then I think, you know, it's kind of a wide-open market there. Uh, and I think there'll be some surprises. I really do. 
The way I look at it is the Jazz should have as much edge to them as anybody because they're the team that triggered this. Now, it was bound to happen, but nevertheless, we know it was the Rudy Gobert situation, and Rudy took a lot of grief and all that, and that thing of him touching the microphones was played over and over again. And and I saw some stuff on social media where he was being blamed and being called the – horrendous names and all that stuff and so to me the way i look at it is and we all know about the unsalvageable relationship and all this other stuff uh, the best way to shut all that up is to go out there and ball to the highest level so if i look at teams who have an edge i put the jazz right there with any team yeah no you make a great point you know what it could go you know either way because now you hear rudy and trade talk when the season is completed, but you know what? You make a great point. They can quit all the all that conversation, and the Jazz then have to make a decision about paying two really extremely talented players in two opposite ways a lot of money that they're going to stay together. But could they make that statement and say, "Here's why you need to keep us both"? Yes, absolutely. Could Mike Conley prove why he's uh, one of the highly, high, highly respected guards in the league? Absolutely. Can Donovan take his game to the next level? What did Coyne Snyder say last week on first take? He believed that Donovan would use Orlando to take his game yet to another level, to be a leader. And that's a big comment from, from the coach. Maybe I'm paraphrasing exactly the quote, but that was what he was intending to, to say was, he believes in Donovan Mitchell that he can play at the next level, and that that superstar level, right? I mean, he's already, he's already an all star. So, I mean, in his third year, at the end of his third year, uh, that to me is a solid statement by a head coach who believes Donovan Mitchell has even more to give. So, why not put it on the stage in Orlando and and lead the Jazz? And maybe the, again, like I said, I think all teams. It's almost like we talked about last week. You know, March Madness brings out some incredible moments, right? Uh, and everyone believes they have the, the, that opportunity to be Cinderella. I don't see this being any different. This is the most unique situation ever in the NBA. And so why not? Why not go out and be that team? And I guess we're going to find out real soon. So I think there are things when when you uh, delve deeper into that Quinn Snyder comment, I think there are things that we just kind of generally look for that most NBA players have to improve on. Most guys have to come a, become a better passer off the dribble. Booner always talks about that. Uh, can you get your scoring average to 20 points a game? That's a barrier that always, you break that, people look at you different. They're like, well, you're scoring 20 points a game. That's a pretty big number. And if you're really going to be elite, can you break 25? Now, Donovan's not there yet, but he's averaging 24 points a game. But I think we also look at guys like, well, are you better in the second half and the fourth quarter? We've seen Donovan do that multiple times where he hasn't had much in the way of stats at halftime, and he ends up having a huge game. So I think the next thing is, are you really good in the last two minutes or the last 30 seconds, the last possession? And are you really better in the postseason? So when, you, when I hear that Quinn Snyder quote and I hear you repeat it, the question I have is, is Mitchell going to be able to – dominate in the postseason because that's harder to do than being the guy in a regular season but without Bogdanovich spreading the floor I wonder if it's a little bit of Groundhog Day with what we saw last year and how teams defend the Jazz they ought to be better shooting from the perimeter but I don't know if they're going to be good enough it still seems like all eyes are going to be on stopping Donovan well I I would agree I think you know game plan and it's pretty easy is to crowd him off the three-point line double M that's where Joe Ingles comes into play or Jordan Clarkson too and where Quinn Snyder 
DJ again, how he's going to rotate players in and out and take advantage of the best matchups. So the chess match will be there. Opportunity for Quinn to, to excel at his, at his craft will be there as well. Look, Bogey is a 20-point guy, as you just said. That's special, plus 41% from outside. That's special. So, yeah, they're going to definitely miss him. Uh, the Jazz have always liked to say, look, we have some depth, and every team will always say this too, next man up. I get it. But in reality, uh, in Orlando, that plays out more and more. It's, it's going to – It's who, who's the deeper team and what star uh, can take, like you just said, take their game even up at that next notch in the postseason in crunch time? Can he fight through double teams? Um, that 25-point mark is a tough one. 20's tough. 25's insane. I think the one thing, too, PK, DJ, uh, Donovan sometimes is a slow starter. And where he is so dominant and ex- exciting is that he's been able to bring the team back, the Jazz back, in third and fourth quarters. What if he is able to be more consistent uh, throughout the entire four quarters of basketball and really get the Jazz off to a better start and then also finish? So those are all things I'm excited to you know get a chance to call a few of these games. Uh, even though it's not going to be in Orlando, we're going to do it. We're going to do it the best job we can. I just want to play some ball. And hopefully it's safe, it's, it's fun, and hopefully it's a, it's a restart that we all need. Bowler, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. All right. OB, be good. DJ, talk. <laughs> See you. <laughs> OB. OB. <laughs> I can learn to live with that. I'm an olive branch extender. Yeah, when he first said it, I wasn't uh, – I wasn't uh, – I wasn't figuring it out, and I, I heard OB. I'm like, Odell Beckham? What is he getting at? What are we talking about? All the branch OBJ. Ki- yeah, right? Exactly. Uh, well, I, w- I was struggling. I'll, I'll fully admit I was struggling. But all the branch Kinnan, OB. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines are on the way. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.